sexy collection. Yeah, I think Mike has more records than you and me combined. Are you sure? Well, and the cabinet that it's sitting on, there's stuff in it. And then Have now you more I just than inherited my collection? dad's collection. So it's, yeah. Basically, once I get like all my dad's records here, it's going to like double what I have. Do you have a count? On um, Discogs? Yeah. Oh, like a count? Uh, I think somewhere close to 1,500. In, in and around there. Yeah, I mean, I only have like 800. So yeah, you beat me. <laughs> that's not a commentary on you. That's just showing you how wild Mike's collection is. That's all. Ever since yeah, we started... I love me and you combine. Like, like I have like 100 and... 100, 150 records or something. Since we started this podcast, I bought in at least two albums a week. Like, I used to buy them, like, every once in a while sparingly. But I keep going to the record store and loading up. When I first got into the collection, I was, like, young. So I just, all my money was just, like, records, 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 records. So, like, I have, I went nuts. And then my dad gave me some of his collection throughout me collecting so like i have all the kiss like the rush the acdc so like all like the main like rock stuff he's given to me and then i don't know anytime people would give him stuff he'd just give that to me so i got a bunch of that stuff but i don't have a lot of that stuff and then now that i have shelby's collection that's slowly making its way in do you have the led Um, zeppelins yes i have I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know you do. I put an S on it. That was the point. So one of this, the things that Danny does. Many of them. <laughs> I think the full collection. I don't know. At least up until a certain point. One of the oh, things no, that Danny sorry, does is he doesn't really know a band real well. or And I think he does it more for a gag now. Is that <laughs> he'll either, if it doesn't have an S, he'll put an S on it. And if it does have an S, he'll make it singular. Like Myers? Yeah. Just a Like he'd be like, I really like the Spice Girl. <laughs> that right. Backstreet Boy get... is cool. Hey, we have a guest tonight. We should announce who it is. <laughs> Our guest is the machine, Mike Pukowski, drummer Hello. extraordinaire from uh, Former Critics. You might also remember him from Mike's vlog. Top Rope Review, yeah. and many other things. I had you say his name because I thought I was going to butcher his last name. Because <laughs> I, I haven't said it out loud ever. Did I just see Ace? Yeah, he's on my lap. Oh, and Ace is Why is too. Freely on your lap? Because I love him. Oh, oh the dog. I didn't even see what was actually on his lap. I thought it was another record. No, you his have... name is Ace Freely, though. Yeah. No. Oh. You're also talking to someone. It's literally I know the kiss love. <laughs> yeah, Mike is the the biggest kiss fan ever. Anyone will ever meet, guaranteed. So, that we we got stickers printed out uh, like two years ago that had a Mike quote on them, and the quote was, "Kiss transcends music." I still have several <laughs> of them. It's true. I have to a be whole. I have my whole cube of Kiss records sitting right in front of me. If you're a Kiss fan, I feel like you are a deep Kiss fan. Like, 
I had an employee back at uh, Goodwill who also was a giant Kiss fan, and her and her whole family would dress up, and like every year they did Kiss for Halloween, and they were obsessed with Kiss. So like, I feel like if you are a Kiss fan, like that kind of fan, you are a dedicated fan. Oh, I was dedicated. It's not bad. Speaking of Kiss, the the album we're gonna do this week (laughs) on episode thirteen of Beside Ourselves is 1997's Nimrod by Green Day. How is that speaking of Kiss? How did you transition that? That just it was a non okay. <laughs> just took it. segue. I think they have a song called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. You could have transitioned a long way to that, but although I did learn something when talking to Mike last night that Mike would it be fair to say that Green Day is your second favorite band? Like on an all-time flat level? I would say It'd be top five. Like at historically least. at least. In and out. Yeah. But yeah, historically I'd say my my Green Day started in Green Day is weird because it started uh not like I don't remember when I started with it because I would always go to the record store and get CDs and like we would have Green Day CDs. So I knew of Green Day probably around after Dookie came out. But then, like, when American Idiot came out is when everything turned. And I was like, Green Day is, like, the band. The and, band. Um, so that took off. And I just, like, got obsessed with Green Day. I had a Green Day-related screen name as one of my first screen names. What was, what <laughs> um, was it? I think it was Green Day Fan 1, 2, 3, or 13, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or GD no. Fan. It's no Spiceman 85, that's for sure. No, it is not. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and then I got to see Green Day on the American Idiot Tour. And then got to be on stage with Green Day when they played at DTE with AFI. Oh. Um, which was nuts, because we started with lawn tickets. Ended up getting, like, seated pavilion tickets. And then as we're like sitting in the pavilion, Billy Joe yells out, everyone come on to the front of the stage and just treat it like a regular show or whatever. And so this is at DTE. So I look at my friend Joe and we rush, just start jumping over seats at DTE to get to like the first, like couple first rows of now of seating. And then like a song or two later, Billy Joe just goes, Everybody on stage. So I look, we looked at each other and straight up barrel rolled onto the stage. Like we, a security guard looked at us and went, do not attempt this. And we like split and then I dove onto the stage. And then I don't know, even know how Joe got onto the stage, but on the stage and I don't even know what the hell's going on. And I start running to Mike Dirt to Trey. Well, first I went to Trey Cool because I was like, I'm a drummer. So I was like, I got to just like look at what the hell he's doing. And so I run to Trey Cool, then to Mike Dirt, and then run up to Billy Joe and I grab him and I'm like basically hugging him as he's singing, which I don't even remember the song. Um, and so he's singing, and I'm just like, just sitting there, and I'm like, this is fucking nuts. And then all of a sudden, 
like, all right, cool, everybody off. So, and we all just left and nothing happened. And we just saw Green Day from like the front row for the next. So it was wild. As a big Green Day fan, what is your opinion of Kerplunk and Smooth Out Slappy Hour? I like Kerplunk. <clears throat> Kerplunk is a super fun album. Um, Smooth Out Slappy Hour. I think it's just Green Day just starting and just do just figuring it out. But it's still fun. I don't go to it a lot much anymore. But I mean not anymore. I just it's not one I tend to gravitate towards when I'm listening to Green Day. But it's not a bad album. Um but yeah, I, I Kerplunk, I think Kerplunk's one of my I'd put it in top five or so in oh, damn. Green Day discography. I, I do enjoy Kerplunk. I think it's got because it's um I mean, uh, that's where we first hear Longview, I think, if I remember correctly. I didn't Longview think Longview was or... on it, was it? Longview. Oh, he's going. Welcome to Paradise. Is that the one? It was one of the two. I couldn't remember. Yeah, it's Welcome to Paradise. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, that's what I meant. But... No, I like Kerplunk. It's fun. I love that he went and grabbed the record instead of just having one of us like Wikipedia it really quick. <laughs> my, <laughs> my history with Green Day started with Dookie, like most people's. Me too. And it got me out of my grunge phase. Like that was me like finally stepping out of like Bush and Nirvana and stuff like that. And I went back and I listened to Kerplunk and I hated it. And then Insomniac came out and I was like, okay, I still love this band. <laughs> Well, Kerplunk's a bit raw. Yeah, it's very yeah. I mean, I got I got into I was a music I was a MTV junkie, so like I got into Green Day because of Dookie. I remember I had the blue, I had the Dookie cassette, and I was in like fourth grade, and it was blue. And oh, um, sweet. Yeah, I don't I don't still have it, unfortunately. Um, and so and you know I was listening to that and like Pearl Jam. Um, but then, nothing wrong with Pearl Jam? No, I know. Especially mm. in like 1994. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but oh. then I very, you know, you think by the time Nimrod comes out, um, it's 1997. And what am I listening to? What am I obsessed with in 1997? The Spice Girls. Uh, and um, so, you know, as a kid, I was basically listening to like what my parents listened to and what was on TV and on the radio. So I, you know, as hip hop and R and B and pop music became like, or continued to dominate. I, that's kind of where I went and I knew green days hits, you know, but I didn't know their didn't misses. really know anything else. <laughs> What's that? You said you knew their hits and I said, you didn't know their misses. No, didn't know their misses. In fact, I think the next green day album that I actually bought the album after Dookie was international super hits in 2001. So. I never buy hits albums normally. That was a good one, though. That one, I feel like a lot of people had. There was a ton of advertisement for it. I didn't yeah. have the albums, and I, but I knew the songs. And um, I think there were like some extra songs on it that maybe weren't on. And That's the only I'll reason buy. I'll buy a Greatest Hits. Like I bought Blink's Greatest Hits, even though I own all the albums, because I wanted Man Overboard. Right. That one song. And you can only get it on that or the live album. And I hate live albums. So oh, that live album is so good, though. It's one album I don't mind, but I still 
We'll get into it someday because live albums <laughs> are not my cup of tea. I, I don't love live albums either. Really? That one, that one I like. And, and one of my favorite things about, uh, one of my favorite shared things with Tab is that we'll be listening to like a studio version of a song that's on the live album. And we'll both say like the stupid thing that Tom says at the end of the song or the lyric that he changes, you, you know, um, from the live album instead of the. Uh, that does make that live album more fun. Like I always end that one song with Tom has sex with guys, guys instead yeah. of the actual lyric. <laughs> so. All right. So we get into this damn album. You want to do some history? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stat sheet. So I do have a stat sheet. Um, yeah. So this is. This was released on uh, October 14th, 1997, so uh, 10 days after my 12th birthday. That's your fifth studio album. It peaked at number 10, and it was on the chart for 70 weeks. Double platinum in the United States and Canada, and triple platinum in Australia. So, that's pretty cool. Um, It looked like Australia really took to this album. Yeah. when I was doing a little bit of research. Did they say Green Day, mate? Like, good day, mate? I don't know. Oh I can't do an Australian accent. I hope so. <laughs> so and this is kind of like their, uh, their like experimental, like we're maturing a little bit album. For um, sure. I was reading about how they were like staying at a hotel. Album. What's that? I think this is their commercial breakout album. I know you guys. Oh, that's Dookie. Uh, Dookie was amazing, but it's kind of like. I do understand going. We're, yeah, I do. I do get that. What you're saying about their, where they see bigger commercial success with this album, just for the fear, just for the fact that um, uh, time of your life is on there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you had like moms and grandparents listening to time of your life. Like, like Dookie was big. But once time of your life was on like ER, yeah, that like changed the game. I guess. <laughs> so I do, I, I do get what you're what you're saying, like there. And before we go into it, since I know you're a Dookie fan, Josh, I do think Dookie's a better album than this. I I wanted to do this album, yeah. I think Dookie Dookie's would better. be. I think it's you could definitely put Dookie up. I mean, obviously it's revered as one of Green Day's best albums, but <laughs> th- again, it's hard to compare them, but they're not, they're not, they're different. They're definitely yeah. different. And they, they're, Green Day's weird because I feel like with a few, di- like, they've, they're a band who's had multiple success at different points in their careers with each album release, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, they've definitely ebbed and flowed, for sure. And I, and that's like a lot of what this album seems to be kind of talking and like going through too, as well is like dealing with those ebb and flows because the, um, what was the album before this insomniac? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't perceived as like, yeah. It didn't do as good, good as dookie. Yeah. I loved insomniac when it came out. I don't go back to it as much, but it's, it's definitely not some... my favorite albums. All right, let's get into it. Track one, nice guys, finish last. And then you run out of gas. <laughs> I dropped my phone. All right. Well, we were talking about it before the show started, but I, I actually, I love the high energy opening of this song, the drums. 
the, um, a great intro to us just an album a song punches you in the you mouth there. like as soon as yeah. you put the record it's on. like a straight punch right to the gut um, i think this song is misconstrued too much though because i think it's actually about you know nice guys you know <clears throat> sorry hold on having a superiority complex if you read the lyrics but a lot of people were like oh i'm a nice guy and girls don't like me i don't get it like i feel like a lot of people interpret it to be that i think I, so but i think that's just like a classic like college kid jack person i guess being like just taking something completely out of like not what it completely means and yeah. just kind of making it their own thing you know what i mean especially with the music video being like super jack influenced oh yeah i kind of like i th- i thought it meant that um you know basically being a nice guy doesn't work out and so you have to be like aggressive and ambitious to get anywhere exactly um but i also think that yeah so the kind of people that that you're talking about danny that like that strikes me as like like i'm a nice guy milady like right. the like the incels you know like the reddit guy like yes. you know the, the exactly so but like with the chorus lyric don't pat yourself on the back you might break your spine like it is very much like a yeah, you're a nice guy, I guess, but this doesn't mean you deserve everything mm-hmm. or yeah. you deserve that person. Like, it is a very, like, nice guy should finish last almost in what he's saying. But I, I love this song. That's it's a good song. It's very super catchy. Super, yeah, very super singable. Catchy. And this is a single. Worth noting, this is a single. Yeah. Although, smart. this wasn't a single until, like, two years after the album came out, which is interesting. I did not know that. Released in, like, 1999. I, I always kind of felt like this song was released a bit later than what it should have been. Actually, I actually th- didn't realize at first that this song was on this album. I thought it was on the next one just because of how much later it was released. So, yeah. Track two, Hitching a Ride. I love this song. Although this I will... Is... Go ahead. Uh, this is one of the songs, one of the, like two or three songs I actually know how to play on bass. Oh, nice. <laughs> the other day I told Mike, I was like, hey, I know how to play one of the drum parts on one of the songs. Um, I learned it, you know, back like when I was in band. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, um, t- time of your life. I know how to play the drum part on that. Uh, and I love Mike said, oh, my God, stop. This is. A Green Day song because there's a, a a few songs where they do that descending bass line, like dun, yeah. dun, 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 or in some form. It's not it's never the same notes or it's whatever. Just how great Mike Dern is. He's so good at just running that bass, and I love he it. He is. And um, Trey Cool and him are just like a powerhouse together. Like they just blend so well together. I love them as a as a rhythm section, and I, I did like a drum playthrough along like to this album, and. It's just so much fun. The drumming on it is insane. And Trey Cool is just like, he's always been so sweet and so good <laughs> in my eyes. What, but go, actually, yeah, so go ahead, go ahead. I want you to point out some of your favorite drum lines because besides track one, I don't think Trey Cool shines on this album like he does on American Idiots. Like, maybe it's just oh, because of the wow. mixing. Maybe it's just because of the mixing. I'm not saying it's bad drumming at be. all. But I feel like I American Idiot, you can really hear those drums, and it's, like, intense and amazing. I mean, he's an amazing oh, yeah. drummer. Yeah. No, it definitely... 
are probably a little buried. I did EQ it um, when I was just because I was it was hard for me to even like hear them, and I had like headphones. Yeah, so you see what I'm saying. Yeah, so no, that's that makes sense. So I can understand that, especially if you're not like familiar with like drumming, like like that. I guess I say I just listen like that. (laughs) But his drumming throughout the album is incredible. I'll let I'll let you know the points. Also, I love that this song is a fun play on jumping on and off the wagon again, kind of. Yeah. Like oh, the yeah. structure yes. almost gives you that feeling of struggling with not drinking. And then when it gets to like the chorus, when it speeds up, it's like, oh, that's a party night. That's a party night. And then mm-hmm. it goes back to like his somber, like, it's really like a good example of like trying to stay sober. Yes. You can definitely tell the two main things that were going on in, in his life when he wrote this album was fighting with his wife and battling his alcoholism. Yeah. That's the two main points I got out of this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I will. W- I, all the same stuff you guys said, I love, I said, I love the, the, uh, the riffs and the, the beats on this. And, but the one thing I will add is that I will admit that I, I didn't know this song until I bought that international super hits. So I've known it for a long time, but I definitely, didn't know it from like hearing it on the radio when the album came out that's fine this is jumping ahead wait oh go ahead no you're fine jumping ahead way too much but i want to know is king for a day on the international hits no oh i just feel like that's one i mean it's it's such a fun unique song i don't think it's on bull in the bible and it's a lot better but it's a live album so i don't know how if you dove into that nope (laughs) that's an amazing album that's an amazing live album he doesn't um, like live albums, Mike. Sorry. Give it like a I bought the AFI live album excited because I love AFI and I still didn't like it. Just That's just a... because AFI is not good live. I saw them once. And they were pretty good. <laughs> they weren't as good as I was hoping, but they were pretty good. <laughs> I was excited because they, they opened for that Green Day show and they were just garbage. I was like, ah, oh, that's so sad. I was, I don't know. They disappointed me, but that it could have been just an off night. I'm not going to like fault them too much for it. Oh, I want to throw in my first time seeing Green Day was the Pop Disaster Tour. It was Blink-182, <sighs> Green Day, and Saves the Day back when oh, I was in high lucky. school. Such a good my, show. My first time seeing Green Day got canceled and rescheduled. <laughs> was that coming up? Yeah. <laughs> Hello Mega Tour was supposed to be in August. So. Oh, I want to go to that now just because I'm going to be fun. With Weezer. <laughs> I can't wait for it. It's going to be so much fun. If it ever happens. Someday. It'll it'll happen. There's too much money to be made. They'll just oh, keep yeah, pushing sure. it off. So All right. track three, the grouch. Love the vocal intro. Always loved it. It's been it's just amazing. Yeah, I, is, I like I like this song. I and I identify with being a grumpy old man who feels like he's wasted his life. That actually is my notes. Uh, I put way different perspective at 28 than when I was in middle school. Especially during COVID. <laughs> so, this song is I, a jam. Like, yeah, but it, it freaking rocks. Like it's got, it's like the best of Green Day. They just, with that perfect hook and like just great melodies. So, with the relatable part, I wanted to get into. I was like, why is this hitting harder than it did when I first heard the album? Why is this so relatable? And I was like, wait, how old was Billy Joel when this album dropped? He's forty nine now. So that means he was thirty four. And I guess in my 
mid thirties is when I started. Wow, I guess I didn't older. realize he was thirty four during this album. Yeah, he was thirty four like when this younger. dropped. Which makes sense because there's a lot of themes of being grumpy and older on this album. Yes, for sure. Any other thoughts on the Grouch? I just love this song. There's not really too much to say on it. Um, it's just a good, solid track on the album. I, I've always thought stood out. Personally. It's one of my favorites on the album. Yeah. Yeah, you're. You, I mean, you really hit it with the the vocal, the, like the vocal intro. Like I like it the way it starts. It just hits you. Yeah. Like, it works really well. Track four, redundant. So this was actually their biggest single in Australia. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. This is yeah. another one of those very relatable songs in your late 30s. And it's like, I don't know, it's almost like a sweet, cute song because it's talking about how boring life is and redundant and how everything feels the same. But like his like verse in the chorus about how like, I don't have the right words to say I love you because we say it too often, but you know it's still Ooh. there. Like that's you a read really this song way different than I did. Really? Oh, I, yeah. well, the chorus is what makes a difference. It's because the verses are very like, oh, this relationship kind of sucks. That's but the... what do you have, Josh? Because I think I'm, I'm on the line with Danny here. Um. I think it's about a relationship that you're not happy in because you you're you've every like it's it's reached a dull it's reached a dull point i mean that's exactly what the verses well, yeah. are but then the chorus is like i can't find new words but my feelings have not changed kind of shit like i still love you i just i'm tired of saying i love you because we say it so fucking often i i my notes are it's this track definitely slows it down a bit yeah um and it just it show i wrote it just shows the tightness and groove of Green Day in the choruses. Like, they just work. They're just solid. And uh, I wrote Billy's Romantic Song. And then, really for final thoughts for me on the song, it's just, it's not it's not the most standout track, but it's it's definitely still solid. Yeah. Like, it's just, there's, I felt like there's like that. It, I mean, it's, Kind of just like the song title it's, is redundant. It's not skippable. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Are you ready? Here's a so here's a direct quote from from Billy about the song. Okay. So the song's about repetition and feeling lost in a cycle. When people have been together in a relationship for a long time, eventually saying I love you isn't enough. It becomes routine. And it says Billy wrote this song during a rough period in his in Adrian's marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm right. <laughs> song, in a way. Track five. Hey, but that's that's scattered. the thing about a good song is that you no. can you can spin yeah, it you however multiple, you want. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Track five scattered. This is the point in the album where I have come to the conclusion that this is, and I never realized, an old man punk rock album. Like, as a youth, I still ate it up, and so did everyone else. But lyrically, this song is about reflecting on memories and items that remind you of stuff in the past and like being remorseful or joyful, nostalgic. Like the song's pretty good. Yeah. But it, there's, there's a lot of themes in this album of like remembering the past or dealing with being grumpier and older. And I'm like, I never noticed how much of that is in this album until now. And maybe it's because I am in my late 30s. I felt that same way. I was like, this album hits a lot different, like as 
living life a little bit more than like me being 13 being like wow this album hits me so hard and it, it has no like i don't know how it hit me at like 13 i yeah, feel I know. like and I do think the song lacks from that. So Green Day has kind of a formula of a song structure where at some point in the song they go hard. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. not a breakdown, like a hardcore sense, but a punk breakdown. And this song lacks that and it does kind of feel draggy just because uh, there's so, no like high point. <laughs> so when you're talking about drumming, I wrote it's another solid punk song. Yeah. So like you're saying, when I put drumming on this song, hard with not like practicing it beforehand oh. um because it's just it's a lot of like just it's a lot of ride um and it's just it's 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 like it's it's fast it's just a fast punk like drumming song um and i got it was just like i don't know if i was just like i don't know getting a little tired by this point or what but <laughs> i put it was hard not even halfway man if they ever remaster it, this back. album, I would love to hear like the a mix where the drums are higher. The, I can hear the bass. Maybe it's because also I'm a bass player. Like you talk about, you're a drummer. Yeah, exactly. But I do hear the bass in every song, and I focus a lot on that. But I I just don't feel like the drums are prominent enough. Using Spotify, they do have an EQ feature in the app on your phone. Oh. If you go into the settings that. and go to, uh, I forget, it's um, like sound quality or something, something sound related, there is an EQ and they have like preset ones. So you can kind of adjust it for like vocals or whatnot. Um, it's it's really nice for when you have albums where like you do want to pull other things out of. So now if you didn't know, now you, you know. Yeah, I didn't. That's awesome. Yeah. So you can remaster it yourself. <laughs> Josh, what's your opinion on Scatad? Yeah, I, I, um, it, I, I think I feel like that's obviously a, a theme that we're all gonna say on every on most of the songs here is that it hits harder. I'm a I'm a person who, um, like, kind of beats my, like relitigates the past unnecessarily in my brain a lot. So the the idea of like looking through old pictures and items and stuff and like kind of beating yourself up about it uh it hits home um other than that I, there wasn't a whole the song's not i don't mean it to say this that it's bad but it doesn't also doesn't really stand out to me either yeah it's not like uh one that really sticks out exactly all right track six all the time and i think this is the track we're gonna have a fight uh-oh <laughs> Well, here's another song about addiction and falling back into your old ways. Yeah. I mean, I, I identify with that, not from the addiction piece, but I, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff where I'm like trying to better myself or like change, you know, what I, how I operate and then falling back into what I, what I used to do or what I don't want to do, um, falling back into those old ways, not being able to find my footing. So, um, Another another identifiable song by a guy in his mid thirties. <laughs> what's what's your what's what's your hot take, Danny? This song is filler. Um, and I have this issue with Green Day, where I think they make amazing songs, but they make too many. Like there's yeah. not there's no B sides. This is an eighteen track album. I don't think you're bold in saying that. 
But it was like, an hour long of an album. I didn't realize that going in. Yeah. Like when I went, when I sat down to drum to it, I was like, this is an hour long. I was like, oh my God. I was like, all right, let's go. Like <laughs> this song would not be missed if it wasn't on it. And a big, one of my biggest gripes, and I know you're a Green Day fan, so I'm interested to hear your opinions on this is I think among Uno, Dos, and Trace, there's a bunch of great songs, but there's so much filler. Like, yeah, it could have been one great album. I don't listen to those albums because it's too much work. Yeah. Um, no, I don't even remember I, which albums are the songs I like because yeah. I listen to them all in a row and I'm like, well, I don't remember where that was. I So for this song, I have seems like a song about not knowing where your future is headed. And then I put probably my first skip if I had one. Exactly. So again, yes. It's a filler song. Green Day's known for them. They have them. They have songs on every album that I think they don't need, especially well, like, those tray. That's definitely that was definitely them going. Let, here's all of our ideas. Put them out there, and they didn't need to do that. My favorite Green Day albums are American Idiot, Warning, and Dookie, and all those come under 15 tracks. Yeah, and that's that's why one because it's a lot of solid songs, and I know. You're looking at me weird, but Warning is my favorite Green Day album, and I will fight people over it. I'm fine with that. I, that Warning is a good sleeper album. It just doesn't get a lot of love. I I'm love totally that. in with that. That's why, I, like, I mean, Nimrod, I felt... I always felt like Nimrod didn't get as much love as I think... I didn't think I realized um, <laughs> at the time, but... Hey, Warning is like a good it. album. I Yeah, I mean... Warning's a good album by the fact that I know four songs on it. No, Warning's good. It's got solid songs. I'm not gonna. Argue no, that's with what I'm saying. That. Like, there's Warning's my favorite non-political Green Day album because American Idiot's amazing, but it's got a point. It gets to the American point. American Idiot's of... a story. That's yeah, a, that's their that's their rock opera. Warning. But when it comes to like lyrically, just like great songs, Warning's my favorite. Dookie for the actual sound because it's actually very punk and fun and energetic. Warning lyrically, though. What's the good thing about Green Day, though, is they have so many different styles albums you can do. Moves. I, I, I made me think of um, American Idiot. You bringing up Mer- American Idiot makes me think, and the the length of it makes me think of. I remember hearing that when they toured for that album, that they just I like would walk on stage play that album walk off stage and not no. play anything else that is not what happened yeah, well, there's they, no mu- way they, they must they must have done that on one of their tours for that album they might have done it for like because it wasn't like hearsay i like read about it. of it yeah and I'm i like, went to the tour it was great i saw it on 9 11 2005 oh and shit it was jimmy world opened up oh at the palace I love jimmy world it was amazing it was essentially the set that they did for the bullet in the bible tour um that was like i remember right i'm glad that warning has or not warning but american idiot has come back around for me it's one of those albums that i loved hardcore at first then it got overplayed and i hated and then i've finally been able to come back to him like oh yeah i'm back in love with it again it just took me a break i needed a break never, from it. i'll never get over it <laughs> Love yeah, I, I mean, I got. I think I told you this when we when we talked about this before, because you we definitely, you definitely talked about that on a previous uh, episode. I, oh, you know what? It was when no, we did our about, political list. I was talking about my chemical. Role. Oh no, it was that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, no, I think that like airplay and and it just being everywhere 
killed. I still kind of skip Bulldog when September comes. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> oh, really? Listen to Boulevard anymore? No, I can't. I just that song is like an earworm to me. <laughs> All right, look, we're on. Let's get back on. on here. Track seven, Worry Rock. Worry it's Rock. It's all Green Day track. It's um, what? Solid Green Day track? Is that what you said? Nice vocal only bridge. I hold on. What was the bridge? Oh, he's just doing like the like the chorus, but like vo- like se- he again he did that thing where he separates everything and isolates the vocals, and it just works really nice. Um, and I don't know. I love Green Day does it well. Vo- Billy's just vocals in general are they're strong. They are. Um, and you can do a lot with them. This is one of those songs that I want to say, hey, buddy, if you're getting fat lips and open wounds in your relationship, it's okay to leave it. That sounds rough. And I know this is just metaphorical <laughs> lyrics, but it sounds like this a real rough also time. also an older song, I believe. Oh, is I'm it? I'm remembering this song. If that's the shit you're going through, that is a dead-end street, so you should get off the road, Billy. (laughs) I like talking to artists like they're here. (laughs) Hey, he might listen like Chris Caraba does. (laughs) Um, Oh, never mind. I was thinking of something else. I don't dislike this song, but I do feel like this is one of the songs that's like they're floating away from being like a a punk pop punk band into being like a more of a, just a general rock band. Yeah. yeah. And my personal taste is I don't like that, but when, when I'm the guy saying Dookie is the best album they've ever recorded, I think you would expect me to be like, Oh, well, I don't like when they're sounding more like radio friendly, regular rock. So yeah. Well, that's, speak- that's just me. That's I've not, always liked that. this song. Speaking of reason. track eight, the fucking platypus I hate you song. I love this oh jam, and I think this should have been on Insomniac or Dookie, just the way it feels. So the first so, thing I wrote was that last song was not punk. This song better punk it up on this song. And it was. Yeah. Like a palate cleanser. This is another punch in the face and lyrically reminds me of songs like it just it's so good. I so this song I wrote, it's it's their East Bay punk song. Like, this yep. is their roots. Love it. Old Green Day. Makes me want to be in a pit at Gilman Street. Which, this song is actually about, supposedly, his hate towards the founder of Gilman Street. Because they were like, no, you guys sold out. You ain't playing here anymore. Really? And Billy Joe was like, fuck you, dude. That's bullshit. Because... Well, he so yeah, Green Bill- Day sold out, but I don't think Green Day ever really like they still are very like shit. They did not need to let fans on their stage, and they did. Like that's not selling out to me. Like they're still. I saw them at the Fillmore just a few years ago, and that's only because they wanted to play club shows. Like they're not sellouts in the way people think sellouts are. That would have been Sorry. awesome to see them at the rant. Fillmore. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> Supposedly. Uh, Billy did a a tweet and delete where he said Uh-oh. in uh, 2011 where he said Platypus was written for Tim Yuanan, which is the founder mm-hmm. of Gilman Street, and he said rest in peace or rest in shit, you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, so po- supposedly 
the song off the album Shenanigans, I think. Haha, your dad is also about. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and he died. He so he well. died in 1998 of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he, they say in this song, "I heard you're sick." Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't. Uh, no, yeah, the lyrics the, are like the lyrics you... are on the lyric sheet uh, for this album or for this song. That's so I wonder if that's why. Um, yeah, because I, I had to pull them up online when I was looking at them because I was like, uh, where the fuck are they? <laughs> the not... lyrics to Platypus aren't featured inside the Nimrod oh. album inlay, which, according to Billy, was due to, quote, lawyer problems due to my potty mouth. And that quote. makes sense. OK, probably <laughs> they were like, you know what? We don't want to get sued for slander or something. All right. Yeah, I love that song. No, uh, great. Track Very nine cool. uptight. Is this a cry for help? Oh, like mental health? Um, What's your take so. on the lyrics? I think so. It's uh, you know, alcoholism and depression. So that's what contemplating I was suicide. Super sad song, but you know what? Catchy as all hell. I was singing it in the shower the other day. I was just like in there and I was just like, up tight. Na, 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 na. And I was just like, I love that chorus. It's great. <laughs> it's so like bouncy, but yet, like you're saying, it's so sad. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> Real emo song for this album, which is, I mean, lyrically, not actual musician-wise, because it's pretty upbeat. The the, the riff um, reminds me of Smashing Pumpkins. Oh. Really? Yeah. I can't remember the song, though, what song it is of theirs. Because I don't know really like Smashing Pumpkins. So. <laughs> All right, but track it's... 10. Last ride in. Ooh, this is got, Billy Joe Armstrong's poetry. Some of his best lyrics. It's like a fine wine. This is my go-to <laughs> karaoke song. I got. I got. This, you got so an opinion? Song, Go ahead. I got so many thoughts on this song. For such a <laughs> weird song, I have so many thoughts. Um. So I was listening to this last night, and I wrote my first note was "smoke break." So I was like. Definitely, like, I mean, I was like, all right, this this is hitting good. So, <laughs> fun surf rock song. Definitely, they're like, fuck it. I could just imagine them jamming in the studio and being like, hell yeah, um, this is sweet. Like, how, like, just jamming, hanging out, and then diving into it. It supposedly the rumor is. The song was written during sound checks as basically doing just that is just like effing around as one does during sound check and being like, oh shit, this works. <laughs> but it's a, it's amazing. <laughs> um, great way to end side A. But it doesn't need to be that long. It's Green Day's second longest song at the time. And it's only their second instrumental song ever, I believe. Why is it so long? I, I understand that tell it's like you. good and groovy, but like, that's a full song. You answered your question because I always consider this like the intermission song for Smoke Break. Yes. Like, that's it really true. does sound like you're at a show and they're like, hey, we'll be back in 10 minutes. And then we're just going to hear really this kind quick. of music while you're outside having a cigarette or something. That no, honestly though. So when they were talking about like putting this album together, I guess Dirt said that like they were much more focused on 
like doing like writing songs as opposed to making a cohesive record and that like the structure of recording was much looser this time and he said that we've always screwed around with different types of music during our jams but then we'd say okay let's stop and get back to the record mm-hmm. and this time they just kind of let it go and they some of that stuff bled into what they actually you know put on the record yeah no for sure and that's what it feels like honestly like they were just like you know what we like this song it's fun to play it's fun we're putting it on we don't care and in the 90s you could do that because you could have 18 songs on an album and people didn't care it's funny that like i'd rather get rid of what was it uh all the time but keep this song on (laughs) right no, this one was super fun to drum to as well. It was just... I mean, that'd be fun to jam to like a Tiki Bar song. I would play that bass. Yeah. All right, track 11, Jink. Uh, so Jinx is totally another one of those like, oh, the last song wasn't punk. Let's punk it up again. So this is side B and like on the record. And it's just a kick to another kick to the face to start side b so you go from nice guys finish last and then jump to this and it's just like damn like just you're getting hit in all directions by this point um reminds me of like kerplunk style green day basically my thoughts on this is i want to make a mix of like songs about that friend who's super nice but because of the way he looks everyone treats him like shit like i was thinking of like h2o's guilty by association or any song like that where it's just like People are going to hate me because of the way I look or, you know, treat me differently because I have studs and everything. I I thought this was like he had a bad relationship and he was he had self-loathing about like how it ended or whatever happened with it. Um, so it's like beating himself up after the fact. Mm, interesting. Which I, which I identify with. <laughs> it's definitely a thing that I do. Or has, so or I should say did in the past. I love their transition of songs they start doing here. However, I don't love the next track. But you know how they seamlessly go into what? each other? Yeah. I know. I don't like Hashinka or whatever. And I, I, I feel like song. I'm different. But yeah, let's go into track 12. How do we pronounce right. that? Great transition. <laughs> the transition's the sweet. Build up. It's a great build up there. And then I love uh, Billy's vocal styling here. Just how gruff he went and like just took it uh, uh love the chorus in the song fast great punk song that's all my notes i like i said this is it's just back, again back to back tracks yeah i love the lead in i love the direct lead in love the way the song starts um this song was actually written about a girl um that mm-hmm. he met in in uh tour uh in on tour in japan um and her name was unusual so he it stuck with him and he wrote a song about her um but and i guess it was supposed to be on kerplunk um but they didn't think that it fit so they didn't put it on so that makes sense or no i put kerplunk about the last song where still makes sense track 13 walking alone so you remember how i said platypus should have been on insomniac or dookie this song should have been on warning yeah, I feel like this is a warning song. This was a sign of where they were going. Yep, I really like this song. I dig it. I don't but... like the harmonica. I, wrote I love the harmonica. 
this is also a this is also a a a foreshadowing of writing songs about walking alone walking lonely roads (laughs) right I mean, he he walks a lot, and you can't always keep up with him. You got to walk alone sometimes, I guess. That that video cracks me up because he's like, "I walk this lonely road, I Wait. walk alone," and then it's like all three of them. I'm like, "You're literally not walking alone. <laughs> you got your buds with you." Having fun. good old good old time. I just wrote another solid uh, Green Day rhythm song. Just Trey and uh, Mike Dern are just in that pocket, and it's just. One little blues song that really likes the blues, so I, I, I don't, I'm not this surprised he throws it in. Really, this is your skip. I wouldn't, I I wouldn't so. skip the song. Uh, this Again, is my... I think I really only think all the times like uh, maybe not. Uh, but I yeah, have one I other know. song that's a skip, but but this is not. A, I, this is in my I top wrote five. First guitar solo on the album, but I don't also don't believe that so i don't know i might have just been in the moment and just been like maybe but i don't know all right track 14 reject oh so this song was written about uh he got a letter from an angry mom yeah because like dookie got big and kids were listening to it and this mom didn't like it actually i found the letter Oh. Like to read it. Yeah, sure. Yes. Wait, I'm trying to get my hyperlink to work here. Wait, can I tell a story while you're doing that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, back in, out of high school, I had blue hair and piercings, and my friend Cliff was skateboarding, and he got hurt, and we went to the doctor's office, and we were sitting in the waiting room, and we both looked, you know, punk, but it was in Hillsdale, and like everyone <laughs> just kept staring at us, and this song reminds me of that moment. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. Get? All right, are you ready? Yeah. Oh, it's actually, sorry, it's not about Duke, it's about Insomniac, I guess. The letter Oh, was. yeah, yes. Okay, so here's the letter. December 2nd, 1996. To whom it may concern regarding Insomniac, I'm a parent and I'm very disturbed by the cassette my tape my eight-year-old son was listening to. His six-year-old grandmother bought it for him as a birthday present and was totally unaware of its explicit content. The store in which he bought it did not have any Sorry. ticket or color on it to warn parents of the content within an issue. I plan to pursue with the right people. Isn't it possible to make music anymore? Um, it, that tape is not something any singer slash songwriter should take pride in at all. It is horrifying. Okay. <laughs> and has got to be one of the worst interpretations of an art form that I've ever had the misfortune to hear. I know it is possible for the group to make good music because I have heard them sing before. For example, the song, for example, the the song entitled "When I Come Around" is one of my son's favorites. It's a song that he and his dad sang together whenever it was on MTV or they were driving in the car together. Unfortunately, one does not have to sing trash to have a following. Um, the album's called Dookie. <laughs> or those Insomniac. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, when when I come around. around. Yeah. And if that creates Sorry. such a following, one would do well to wonder exactly what type of people was he was he wants following him. This may do nothing to change the type of music performed or change your views on the art of making music, but it helps me to know that there is one less family who will be buying such rubbish. And I have a big mouth, so I'll make I'll make everyone know I know aware that wow, tape Karen. is trash, as you can plainly see, and you'll find it enclosed. 
Why don't you do something positive and clean up your act? There isn't enough garbage in the world. Uh, isn't there enough garbage in the world? All my thoughts, you, all the thoughts you are helping to put in the minds of our youth are scary. You have so much influence. Why not use it for something good? He should have put that letter in every uh, like copy of Nimrod. So can I, can I read uh, his response? Yes. Yeah. So this is a letter he wrote back. I just received your letter, and this is my response. I don't write music for parents, grandparents, or eight-year-olds. I write for myself, and I'll say anything I damn well please. That's the <laughs> difference between you and me. I do what I want. You do what you're told. <laughs> Obviously, we're not on the same planet, let alone the same ballpark. I'll find people like I find people like you offensive, and if it helps me to know uh, you won't be buying any more of our records next time, I suggest you do a little research before you purchase such rubbish for your little boy. It might save you a few extra bucks. Signed, Billy Joe and the rest of Green Day. P.S. You're right about one thing. You do have a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Man, PC culture really is just going too far, huh? That was back in 96. <laughs> I love that he, like, I love that he inviscerated her and like didn't swear he said damn well please that's like he didn't he obviously been much more explicit in his response but he's still lit her on fire all right let's get going we got a lot of stuff to cover still yeah this letter was handwritten too it's track 15 that's how it happened back then josh he had typewriters in the 90s (laughs) (laughs) all right all right take back take back josh do you hate how long this song is um. Yeah. He doesn't like short songs. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. <laughs> There's a compilation I, I want to do someday. Well, how long do you want it to be? Well, the context is. This is arguably no, Green fastest song. <laughs> the, car, the context of Danny's comment is that I was complaining about how short all the songs on Justin Pierre's first solo album were. I know. And I was like, these sound like Motion City songs where they didn't write a second verse. They just cut out the bridge. And I'm just like, so I'm like, oh, come on. I, and it was more like, write longer, please write longer songs so I have more of your music to enjoy. You know, like, I actually don't like Take Back, though. not And not because of the length, just because I'm like, oh, this is, you went too far to your lane and I don't really like it, I think. so. I do. Oh, go ahead. Oh, my last thing I, I want to say on this topic, or on this song, is it sounds like, um, I forget what Suicide Machine song is, but it sounds like a Suicide Machine song off of, I think, one of their, one of their 2000s albums. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it sounds, I don't know, very similar. I wish I had, hold on. <laughs> you talk and I'll figure it out. A match in a, no, what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. album? It's off that album. A match I, gasoline. I don't know the song right now. Oh, do I have any opinions on this song? Let me look if I wrote anything. See, uh, you guys, you guys, you guys, <laughs> you guys, you guys pushed me while I was trying to read that great content from the time, the letters, and now you ain't even got nothing to say on the next song. So that's some bullshit. I love oh. this song. Okay, so this is another one of those with the transition, right? Where Reject was. Him kind of being the bigger man, but then take back is basically just like because it's it goes into it. It's like a fuck you, I'm gonna beat you up kind of song. Yeah, but I do I like the song too a lot. 
What are you digging for back there now? I'm trying to see if I know the song. I don't know if I'm going to be able to figure it out, though. No, I don't know. All right, let's move on. Track 16, King for a Day. There is no doubt that this is a good song. Yeah, this is a great song. This is an amazing song and a song that they still play to this day live. And every time they play it, it's amazing. This song, for some reason, I always thought was a cover. I don't know really? why. I think it's, it's because like when they do play it live. They're not a ska band? I don't, so I don't think this is a ska song. I don't either. I think it's a circus song. Because the I music mean, is very circusy. Song. I think it's based off of like. I had it in my head earlier. I'm blinking. Like an old like rock and roll, like like Rick James type rock and roll, like <laughs> based around that. Like I'm sorry, I'm bl- totally blinking uh, right now. But that's what I always thought. More than let's, a ska song. Let's give it to Green Day and No Effects in 1996 for breaking that hetero stereotype boundary in the punk scene. You know well, what I mean? That's what I have in my notes. Um. This may be the first time I was exposed to like LGBTQ, uh, like I guess like in a certain way trans or um, cross dressing is more what they're talking about in the song. Yeah. But even as a kid, like I remember listening to this song and a hundred percent understanding what it like meant, um, yeah. and just being like, "Oh, that's really interesting," and like wild. But I was like, "Whatever." Song rocks. Cool. I love the fucking song. I think it's got a great message. Um, and again, they still play it live now. Um, it's great. I do love the drumming on this song. It's one that I can actually yeah. really hear it. So much fun. Oh, and I, I guess this contradicts what I said about my ska. Uh, not believing it's a ska song as well. So whatever. But I also wrote my notes. I do get a like Mad Caddies type of vibe, but yeah. I would also go say that Mad Caddies is borderline ska, borderline not. So whatever. Well, the reason <laughs> I said it's a ska type song is because it's a it's a punk band that made a song in 1996 yeah, no. that features the horn section from No Doubt. So no, I, in yeah. that in that respect, it is a ska type song. <laughs> like yes, no, no, you are totally completely right, Josh. Why, but no. But to me. <laughs> That's all. That's all I'm I meant. Big by that. I have it's definitely. Issues. It doesn't have like the you know the like the reggae guitar riff or anything like that. But yeah, it's a ska influenced song. But again, I think it's more influenced by. Oh no! It's definitely whatever. weird. Like it, the the yeah. the. No, again, this, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have a ska punk's uh, song structure. It's like it's definitely different. Let's move on to Love a little it. number probably no one's heard of. <laughs> Track seventeen. Uh, good riddance. Time of your life. Oh man, wrote, prom, graduating. <laughs> uh, I wrote, I'm so over this song. It but it's... was what it was in the 90s. I'm done with it. I said, skip. <laughs> it was what the I acoustic wrote, hit they needed in the 90s. I wrote, it's kind of a skip now because it's overplayed, but mm-hmm. I guarantee if you lose someone in your life or go through a major dramatic change and you hear the song, it's going to hit hard. It may not yeah. hit hard right now. <clears throat> but the way it's structured and written and just the vibe you get, if you oh, are in sure. a headspace to be hurt and sad, this song is going to make you feel it. 
Did yeah. you um did you guys know that this was actually recorded in 1993, and that it was it was actually a B side on um, Brain Stew, and yes. the B side on Brain Stew is faster. I didn't know about the in a different side, key, hmm. and it doesn't have the strings. Interesting. Yeah, no, we don't I, need to go I'm into this. Surprised I've never heard that. Yeah, people know the song. Track 18. It is what it is. Prosthetic Head. Let me give you my hot take real quick. This song is awesome, and I hate that it's after Good Riddance. This shouldn't have ended the album. Good Riddance feels like an end song. This should have been in track six. Like, this is a jam, and I feel like it's overlooked because it's after Good Riddance. Because there's a lot of times that I'll stop playing by the time I get to Good Riddance. I just think by the time Good Rinse is over, everyone's checked out. Yeah. And the song structure on this track is so fun. I wrote, it's what Green Day does best. It's a great, catchy punk song with a great melody and hook. It's, and I do think it does get overlooked, like what you're saying, because it is the last song. But tucked away. It's almost like it could be filler where it's at. But if it was moved up in the track list, it, it might not be like looked at as filler. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Josh, opinions, thoughts? Took the words out of my mouth. I mean, I I think it's uh, <laughs> I, I same thing. I think it gets overlooked because of where it's at. Um, I actually little. You guys never. You guys don't sell these at all when I say them. But the the riff, the opening riff on this song, I was like, is this third eye blind? Sounds like never <laughs> let you go. I can I could totally because it's a different type of vibe. When it first starts out, it's it's because it's it feels like, at least for me, when the song comes on, it almost feels like, um, like clean, not clean, but like very like centered, like I don't know, in a weird way, uh, for lack of a better term, I guess, uh, just like after. And it's like, all right. And it's just like, it just kind of starts very soft and then kind of like builds up quickly in a way. Real quick to get off topic for one thing. So you like Third Eye Blind, Josh, right? Not really. Oh, okay. Never mind then. What were you going to (laughs) say? There's a band that came out with an album called Teenage Wrist that's very that genre. Like they just came out this year. I, and, I dislike them more because I only know their singles, and then I I found out that the lead singer is like a huge douche, uh, uh, based on our friend that has experienced that. And so I was like, meh. I don't know. If you like 90s rock, though, you should check out Teenage Wrist. That album is one of my favorites this year so far. I've heard of them. All right. We should probably check out... What is your... Our, I'm drawing a blank. Final What's thoughts? The guest list. No. All right. Guess oh, yeah. yeah. Let's do final thoughts. Man, I have um, no structure. <laughs> my so my thought is that it's a it's um it's a good album. It's probably their maybe their fifth best album, in my opinion, after Ooh. Dookie, American Idiot. Warning. Maybe so. Maybe it's fourth. I said it was, it was fourth for me. Yeah. I would say it hangs in that like third to fourth, fifth spot. It can fluctuate depending on days, but 
I, I think it fits there. Um, it's kind of Green Day a little bit after success and a little bit after some, like, not success. And then right before, like, essentially major success again to where it's kind of just stayed there in a way, like, regardless of what they do now. They're just, they've kind of reached that, like, legend status yeah. after American Idiot. Yeah. Uh, to where that's like really their opus. It's their it's their dark side of the moon. Like it's their back in black. Like it's so they're they're unstoppable after that point. But so I think this is a very good like Green Day with it. It kind of the album kind of has a nice um, rounded out like just it's a green day album it's a very rounded out green day album essentially it's kind of got everything in there from kerplunk to even maybe starting towards like some american idiot type ish vibes um in a way maybe not so far maybe not so far that ahead but we're getting there you know you say they're unstoppable but yeah i liked a few songs off revolution radio Father of All was garbage to me. It was they garbage, were but hey, guess what? There's some yeah. arenas on that tour, so. <laughs> I think that's the, th- that's the thing with bands. It's like um, you get to a point where maybe people don't love the new music you're putting out, but you're still going to sell out your tour. And I think that's where Green Day is at this point. Oh, yeah. Because every time I've seen Green Day here, it's been sold out, and it is hard to get tickets. So it's, I don't know how they sold that arena thing yet, but who knows? All right, let's I'm do sure guest mix. It, I'm sure it sold out. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Guest mix. Guest mix. Guest mix. Guest mix. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. Oh, I don't have it pulled up. <laughs> wow. I've also got a lot of uh, weekly recommends. I know. We're already over said. an hour. <laughs> I got right. some weekly recommends, I think. Ooh, couple. Um, okay, so here's the. Oh, didn't I text it to you, Mike? What the hell? Oh, you texted it to me. I again. I I'm gonna pull them off the top of my head. I think it'll be a little bit more organic than having a list, but we'll see how it goes. You think this week I have a lot of weekly recommends? I'm on vacation this week. I'm going to listen to so much music this week. <laughs> so next episode is going to be like 40 songs. Oh, I found. Okay, so here's the first question, guest mix. What's your favorite love song? Oh, wow. Uh, Beth by Kiss. Okay, Next. no. no. <laughs> oh, what is that song? The Foxy Shazam song off Rocketeer. It's the one where Eric Nally proposed to his wife in the liner notes. The Science <laughs> of Love. The, the Science, Science of, of love, love by Foxy Shazam. Wonderful, wonderful song. Aww. Wonderful little love song. It's so groovy. The bass in it is nice. You made it sound like a porno song, but that's okay. Um, what's, what's your, what is your go-to angry song? When you're pissed off. Ah, you just I'll, want... probably, I'll probably, I usually just throw on minor threat. Honestly, when I'm like in a really, 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 uh, when I just want to get mad, I'll, I usually, I, the minor threat, um, I don't know, the, it's basically essentially their only album, but yeah. that minor threat album, I just, I put that on, and that's just is always very nice. Pick to one, be angry too. 
It's a good impressive album, and they're all short songs for the most part. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally an album's worth. Uh, uh, well, fine, I'll do. Uh, I can't even think of the, the whole album's good. Literally, it takes like twenty. Danny, when you make the list, just pick one. Pick whatever oh, one you want. You're talking for the list on the for the thing. <laughs> all right, I can pull one out. Someday, I'm hoping someone will pick. Break stuff. I don't want to hear Limp Biscuit. Oh, I'm doing. I'm doing that when I do mine. That. That's. I literally was. I was. <laughs> Break your fucking first tonight. Dude, I don't want to hear it as a great one. Okay. Next question, Josh. Angry song. What is a song that has influenced you the most? Wow. In life, musically. Influence song. It could be about your drumming. It could be about. I by Kiss. Oh. It's an amazing song that it's just it's very I like it. It's very elder? motivational to me. Yeah. What is your current I love that song? What is your current in this moment? What is your favorite song? My favorite song right now in this moment. I got something it. you've been just jamming this week and you're like, I love this. Or it could be it could be this week, it could be this year. Oh no, I got one. Just give me a second. I've I got it in. I so liking that um, that new Mighty Mighty Boston song, the final parade. The long one that's got everybody in it. Yeah, that's a good. It's one. just it's really. I was redoing my record room yesterday, and I set up my speakers, and I don't have a cord long enough to set up the record player. So I was like, "Crap! I need something to like test it," <laughs> and it, that song was worked out great for it i've been loving that song so much fun i'm gonna i'm gonna add one on the fly here oh what is your so that was your like right now what is your like all-time gun to your head first so, favorite song that's that so, so hard. hard you can't gun to your head music nerd. what's the first thing you thought day. of when i said that what's the first song so came what's to your the head? song okay say the song or no, say the question again let me just favorite song favorite. of all time all time. See, yep. you can't do that, someone. I can't answer that question. Let's, you know what? I'm, as of right now, sitting in this chair, I'm gonna say Jesus of Suburbia. All right, All right. I'm going with that. That that song. I've done, I I made music videos to that song when I was a kid. Like that song. It's a good song. Just, it's. I'll I'll do that one right now. That's what I'm feeling. Okay. my head right now that's there's what I'm no saying. wrong answers this is about you it is about me and i've been <laughs> listening to a lot of green day this week so <laughs> what that's song makes that. you want to get up and dance um the wombats let's dance to joy division Ooh, that's an amazing dance song i also like dancing to joy division i was trying to think of a sure. song i've seen you dance to beer you... by mustard plug is a good one it's usually something. So the, you know, the thing that's coming to my mind is you drunk playing beer pong, dancing to an dancing and singing along to an Ariana Grande song to be like a shit while you're playing beer pong. That's right? what's coming to my brain, but I know that's not. Any Alphabet know. songs fun to dance to? Yeah. Like I don't know. That's just hot I would take. Say... Beer by Mustard Plug or beer by Aerobic Ro- Fish? Mustard Plug. Oh, well, he's Mr. I'm a punk guy. He he would never he would never the only the only thing that he would say uh real big fish to this this hardcore no, ska kid. Yeah, nope, here's his one that. answer. 
most overrated ska band, he would say Real Big Fish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Streetlight Manifesto. And I love them both. But if we're going to say overrated ska bands, I'd say Real Big Fish is probably one of the... Or, yeah, I'd probably Real Big Fish is up there. All right. What's the most unexpected song on your playlist? And just to give you an idea, someone else who's less refined than us would say, what's your guilty pleasure song? But we don't say that because you're allowed to like whatever you like and there are no guilty pleasures. All right, fine. I'm going to do... Uh, I like Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. That whole oh, yeah. album is good. It is. We like Miley it's on this show. It's an amazing album. <laughs> I'm still waiting for them to album. release her new album on vinyl. Plastic Hearts, baby. I got Shelby uh, Bangers on vinyl at Records today, and it's, it's so nice. I love it. <laughs> all right, last one. What's the lineup of your ideal Heaven concert? So any bands... You you pick like uh, three or four. This bands. is the only one I thought of a little bit. Um, you know, living or dead, or yeah. you could do. You can also do like it could be a band that's say they're still together, but like you could do like ACDC, but the original lead singer is still in it. You know, like yeah. No, I've thought about this. Okay. Uh, this is the only question I thought about a little bit. I want to do the Beatles headline. What era? Um, yeah, that's important. Like with Abbey them. Road. Okay. Okay. Or like, Sorry, let just... it be. like, I'll do like rooftop. I'll do like literally, I think that like the Beatles rooftop sessions is like, that's like some of my favorite Beatles. Uh, but so that will be the headliner just cause if it's my festival, I can do whatever I want. That's fine, man. Um, <laughs> that's the point of the question. I'm going to have kiss. 1976 lineup. Is that the original Middle. lineup? Yep. Okay. Original lineup, clear. 1976. Um, I was never there, and I want to see it. Is, is 76, like, before it started to fall apart? Is that why you pick that era? That's, like, Alive 2. Okay. Like, Mega Kiss. Got like, it. Like, right before they went, like, all the kids, like, took over type of kiss. So like the P like the P I got you. Um, I don't, I think I'm gonna put Wonder Years. Interesting. I mean that that tracks. I, I mean. just I love the Wonder Years, and I just think it would be amazing. I had two more. One is Bomb the Music Industry, just because. I only ever got to see them by themselves with an iPod at max, like once or twice. Maybe they had a band one other time, but that doesn't matter. Uh, and I just, they don't technically tour anymore or do, are technically a band anymore. So I just want to see them again. Or I just kind of put this in my head. I would like to throw the white stripes on this bill somewhere. Just because that would be amazing. And I never got the chance to actually see him. And then selfishly, I'm going to have former critics, at least on the bottom of the bill, just opening the show. (laughs) Just because I want to be on the bill. I'd like to see um, Bomb the Music Industry. I saw Antarctica Vespucci once. Amazing. Yeah, that was a great show. Yeah, but I've never. So good. I got into Bomb the Music Industry way too late to ever see them. I saw them 
a couple times at max and then they were playing their last like Michigan show at max. And I think it was in the middle of like winter and then just getting to Lansing is, was just hard. And it was like on a weekday or something. So it was like, and I regret not going, uh, because I knew, I'm pretty sure I knew it was their last show. And I was just like, ah, it just it didn't work out. <laughs> and I regret it. So that's why I want it. I've, I've been to Max like three or four times. And I swear, at least, at least half, if not, like three of the four times, it was a weeknight in a snowstorm. Yeah? Yeah. The I one time I played there. birthday was a... at Max. Yeah. The only person I can remember that I saw there was Sherwood. I, I, but I know I've been there more than just the Sherwood show. Sherwood, Sherwood as a headliner. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember one time way back in the day I saw Love Drug and Motion City was the opener. And it was weird because Motion City, I feel like, had already become who they are. And I was like, how is Love Drug headlining the show? It was down in like Frankie's or something in Ohio. It was weird. Wow. I saw Australia Manifesto with the one who's opening up, and that was awesome. <laughs> At Magic Stick. All right, let's do some weekly recommends, brothers. Let's yeah, do it. I got a few albums I can World recommend. Josh, you want to um, go first? Sure. Um, I know. I'm sure this is on yours too. It might actually be on both of yours. Uh, Justin Pierre has a new song out called Footsteps. It's off his upcoming solo um, LP. And this song is actually a full like three minutes and something <laughs> seconds. He heard long. you. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Check it out. It's um, I would say it's a you know it's one of the better songs that he's come out with since he's been doing solo stuff. Um, and not that's not to disparage anything else. I'm just saying this song's pretty good. So, um, I have another. This is kind of a weird one, and it just came into so. The other three songs, I have four songs, and the other three are all have like some sort of synthy connection. But there's this this Rise Against song called Broken Dreams Incorporated. Like the regular song is good, but then this remix came into my release radar, and I like it has this weird like atmospheric synth on it, and I just I don't even it's like I don't even care about the song. I just like hearing. The, I just like hearing the synth. I want to. I want to play this for you guys because I don't know if I don't know if Mike will care, but I think Dan, that Danny, this I feel like this is in your wheelhouse. I could get down with some Rise Against. Yeah, but this is like you'll. I see. don't know if I could handle Rise Against with electronic. Yeah, that but... sounds a little weird to me. This isn't Rise Against. Are you sure this isn't like some weird band that? EDM band that is just like accidentally using Rise Against. Well, no, it's it's like a it's remix, the remix. A single. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Skip ahead a little. That's weird. I'll just check it's, it out, but that's weird. It's not terrible. It's like I'm saying. I just like something. the. I like the synth, the synth is what it's I like. It's kind of like, uh, it's, it's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. It's different for Rise Against. I'll give them that. They're trying something. My two other ones are two other synth wave uh, 
groups. Uh, one's called Droid Bishop, The Light, The the Wayflow Remix, and then the other one is Moonrunner83, Like We Were Kids. And that one, they're both um, synthwave with song structure and like vocals. Not, yeah. not quite, not definitely not, not as good as like Gunship. But the, you know how like a lot of synthwave <laughs> just sounds like a music, uh, like a, a a soundtrack from a video game. Like these sound like actual. These are like actual songs. So, word, 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 word. So those are my four for this week. And I can go. I'm really also fast. still listening to that Justin Bieber song all the time. <laughs> um, so for me, I got a, a couple things. Um, this week, this band, The Best of the Worst, came out with an album, Better Medicine. Um, they been a band for a while now i think this is there's i don't know what number album this is on that again they've been around for a little bit um and it's awesome ska punk um a little bit more hardcore so like kind of on the side of like maybe we are the union vibe uh Flaming Tsunamis influence a little bit. Um, a heavier ska, punk, but they're kind of like broad. It's very broad. Um, really great album that just came out this week. Um, this Hospital Bracelet album came out earlier in the year. Good friends of ours. That, that it's was a good album. Away. It's a Actually, great album. I know because of um, you, because you posted something and I listened to it. And I was like, it's this been is amazing. And then uh, one more album that came out this year that I'm really, really digging that I just want to talk about is uh, Bad Operation. They're this, like, new ska band with a bunch of members from, like, old ska bands from community records back in the day with, like, some new members. So, like, it's featuring members from, like, uh, Better Than Albert and I think uh, there's some other ones. Uh, but Greg from like Fatter Than Albert and like Community Records, they're like involved with this band and they're amazing. It's, it's uh, just ska punk with like older ska influences as well. It's really nice. It's really awesome. They have a song that um, samples the specials Ghost Town and I, I love that song. It's such a good song. Yes. Oh my God. That band's amazing. And I just wanted to. Those are like all the albums I've been really digging this year, at least. Are you guys ready? I'm Hit ready. It. Pull up a chair, kids. <laughs> Poppy's got a or Pappy's got a long list here. All right, first off, Electric Century dropped a song. Um, that's Mikey Way from MCR, his '80s synth band, oh, wow, and it's I coming know. out with a comic book at the same time. Of but course, the song it is. is really dope. Is this called... the first stuff Mikey Way's come out with since? No, he has an EP, which I have on vinyl, of this Electric Century. Oh, I didn't Century. even know he had... Okay. Check it out. It's I've really good. I've always been interested to see if he would do, like, side stuff. Yeah. So I didn't know... I didn't even realize he did it. And then uh, there's a song called... Or a song called He's So Good by the band Trash Boat. Um, it's like a shoegazy, oh, melodic yeah. punk band that I'm really digging right now. The singer... I saw them. You... Remember how I was singing Anthony Green? I mean, Circus Survive? Or no, I was thinking... Yeah. I was singing Seosin when we started. But this guy's yell and singing voice are very Anthony Green. So if oh, you cool. like that style, you should check out Trash Boat. There's a new Tiger Jaw song, and I'm loving it. New Detroit. I mean, you always got to love a song that's about Detroit anyways. But oh, I haven't listened to that Tiger Jaw song. I, I meant, good. I completely forgot about it. 
I meant I to put it on my list last week and forgot. It, I meant to listen to it. I completely forgot. I'll put that back on my um list. Some for my metal buddies out there. Uh, I don't love Butcher Babies, but this new song, Yorktown, is actually pretty fun. And I do love two female lead singers where one screams and one sings, and they're really good at it. So that's a good one to check out. My top pick for the week, even though I've got more, Manchester Orchestra dropped a new song before their new album, and it is fucking amazing. It's called Bedhead. I'm so excited for this new album. Um, If you're looking for more metal, Gojira, they got a new song out, and it's actually pretty sweet. Uh, Destroy Boys, the song's called Muzzle, and I'm really into the song right now. It gives off that Sonic Youth vibe with, like, a girl punk band. It almost feels like it could have been on it's the good. Juno soundtrack. i heard that one, too, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, I don't know how you guys didn't bring this up, but Census Fail, dropping that song about uh, the death of Rush Limba called Lush Mimba, and it's hilarious and horrible and intense. So but I also, forgot to listen to it, but I didn't bring it up because I knew you were going to because you already posted about it. It's so, so good. Like, it, like, it sounds like S- Still Searching's era Census Fail. Like, it's heavier, <laughs> and the lyrics are super fucking mean. Like, they don't care. Uh, there's a new... I haven't completely listened to it. I've listened to the single, but the new Glassjaw EP, the song's gold. I bought it. At, don't even get me started. That's, like, my favorite EP. That EP... Yeah. I saw that tour, and I literally <laughs> don't even get me started. I spent I I tried to buy that vinyl when they pressed it the first time, and it was a complete fucking disaster. <laughs> uh, and I finally own a copy, and I'm or possibly own a copy. And I'm so excited. Is it there yet? I just don't have it yet, so that's why I'm not I'm not believing it. But that EP is seriously so good. So I it agree. is. Um. Josh, this one's for you. A band called Purple Disco Machine. The song is called Fireworks, featuring Moss, Keena, and the Knox. It sounds like if you threw MGMT's kids' song with Justin Timberlake Future Sex songs to a Daft Punk beat all into a blender, it's a banger. (laughs) I love it. It's like a fun electronic dance song. I got some more. Hold on. Hail the Sun. Parasitic Cleanse. It's a fucking rad post-hardcore song. Uh, you seriously, check that out. Six Impala. It's a rap song that I didn't think I would like, but I don't know. It's pretty good. Oh, no, no. Six Impala is not. It's like an electronic, almost like bjork hmm. dance song. It's like glitch dance, but it's about kicking someone's ass. Like, it's really fun. Like, it's a fun jam. Uh, let's see. Still Woozy. The song Rocky's fun. I say all these songs are fun. I have, <laughs> I have two uh, what the fuck songs. So does anyone I don't have? I think I have any. I don't have any. I don't really understand. What what does that mean? You just thought it would be better than what it was. Which one? What like, the fuck song? What the fuck song? Like a that song that's like it makes you like you listen to it, but you're like, what the fuck? Like sometimes you either hate it, like a band you love, and a song okay. comes out that sucks, or and you're just like that's that, not it. Okay, well, that's like, kind of where I was at with it. Here's an example. I'm not a huge Andrew WK fan. I don't mind Andrew WK. But he came out with a song this week called Babylon, which basically sounds like he's been listening Did to he? a lot of... Yeah. It sounds like he's listening to a lot of Gunship and Ghost, which is fine. Cause it's like that sounds like it should be great. But... No. I, musically, Josh, I think you'd love it. But he's always been like upbeat and positive with his lyrics. And this is a yeah. very dark, weird song for him. 
Like the video is very weird too, but you should check it out. It's my what the fuck because of that. And then as I was going through my daily mixes, there's a song called Chicken Tendies by Clinton Kane. And I wrote it's what the fuck because it does not mention Chicken Tendies at all. It's a perfectly fine singer songwriter song, but I feel like the dude just. I thought it was a country song. No. It sounded, and like, it sounded like a straight up, like, especially you have, everything you just said. Yeah. If you have a title like Clinton Kane as your name. Yeah. Chicken Tendies. I was like, no, this is totally like, I'm here for some chicken tendies. So it's like early John Mayer style. Okay. And it's not bad. It's just, I listened to this whole three minute song waiting for him to drop the name Chicken Tendies at all. It pissed me off. Nothing. So I put it on my what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Speaking of all those songs, I want to say that I had a really proud moment this week when um, you texted me and said that you really, really like that Lipstick Jody song. Yeah. Because so often I am not showing you new music, you're showing me new music. (laughs) So I was like, I had something like a fresh thing that wasn't like an established artist that I showed you that you liked. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, yeah, I, I know music sometimes. Like, <laughs> I do want to recommend something just for you. For me? Because I know how much you like certain styles of music and scores also. Yeah. Look up the soundtrack to the movie Turbo Kid. Oh, yeah. Think, no, I'm I'm okay. a little bit familiar. Like, that whole soundtrack is bomb. Amazing. And with your love for gunship and also your appreciation for a good score, the soundtrack or that score is amazing. Is it like... Isn't isn't it like kind of a little bit like gun, the Kung Fury? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of music, just like that '80s synth wave. Yeah, oh, I up, actually. Yeah, no, totally. I um, I actually pre-ordered Lipstick Jody's vinyl, the their album. You've been out. talking this band so much the past few weeks, and I've been loving it. Well, I really good. I like them. I I I've seen them live twice, and um. The two sing- two singles off this new album they released two years ago, and I was like jamming. I'm waiting for like more to come out because they had like they had like an album from 2017 yeah. that was like real like you know like sad boy pop punk like Wonder Years kind of stuff, and then um, they had these two songs that were like d- like synth pop, and I was like hmm. these are sweet. I mean the other stuff is sweet too, but these are even sweeter. Like I want some more the synth pop stuff, and then like that was it. They just had those two, and so, and then all of a sudden now they're having an album coming out, and I'm like, I'm I'm ready. I'm here for it. Yeah, like I don't even care. I'm just gonna do it. I'm excited. No, I'm gonna I, listen to it because you've been hyping it up, and I'm, it sounds cool. The two the two songs that I know on the album I love so that and the, yeah so the album the album's not expensive. It's a it's a it's a Michigan band, um and do you want uh, labels around? Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. Right. Doesn't matter. But I just wasn't sure if it was like a local label. Might be. Not sure. Um, but they uh, it's like a red. It's like a red translucent, a bright red translucent vinyl. So I was like, it looks cool too. I was like, I'm I'm here for all of that. So. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm gonna check them out because you keep you keep hyping them up. I got cool. a couple albums on pre-order too. Um, other albums on pre-order too that I'm excited about, but I'll wait till they come. I've Oops. been pre-ordering way too much too lately. Me too. Look at this beautiful. Oh, what is that? that? 
it's Bush's oh. razor blade suitcase. I just okay. picked it up and it's like the most beautiful looking marble I've had in a long time. I think, or not, I think I one last thing since we're talking about pre-order albums, I did pre-order another album that I love, love, love that is in the category of the glass shell EP is bad rabbits. First EP stick up kids just got re-released on vinyl. Uh, oh yeah. You were really like excited minutes. about that. I'm, I love that that record so much. I got it. I was walking out of Warp Tour in Ohio one year, and someone just handed me this CD. Maybe it was Ohio. It might have been. Uh, it might have been Pontiac. I don't remember. Or not Pontiac. Uh, Auburn Hills. Doesn't matter. But I got the CD for free, and I put it in the car, and it's like R and B, but like kind of has a punkish feel to it. Mm. It fucking rocks the ep is called stick up kids it's their first ep it's the their 10th anniversary of it is just happened and so i recommend everyone go listen to that ep or album or whatever it's considered and honestly just dive into bad bad rabbits they got a few other albums they're fun they're they're groovy they're they're great musicians they're they're amazing so i just i just want to plug bad rabbits just because Again, we're talking about pre-orders a little bit, and that's just—I love Bad Rabbits, and I'm excited for that to finally own that first album on vinyl is amazing for me. Nice. I'm excited to get Jack's Mannequin. It's coming in. Oh, that'll be good. They re-released his first album, and I love that album. The Everything in Transit. Yeah, it got re-released this last Friday. Oh, nice. There, a lot of stuff got released the past week, I felt like. They're killing it. <sighs> Re-releases. Let's keep it going. No, give me a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I'm spending too much money. Like, They're in quite scientific the records. Oh, I've never... I'm not familiar with the label. I'll, I'll check them out. They sound like you keep... Like I said, you keep hyping them up, so I'm going to check them out. I'm, at, I'm doing this bad thing lately where I keep ordering records after I've had some drinks at night. That like happened. I have a Stray Light Run, Gob, and Hawthorne Heights time. coming. Yeah, <laughs> I did not expect to buy either, any of those albums, but I bought a Space Jam single like that once. <gasps> like I just I was on Discogs, yeah, and I was just like that that QC Money DJ song, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. I was I was on like Discogs, and I was like, it's like eight dollars. Yeah, and like two days, like however long it came back, it came to my house, and I was like. Oh my god! I forgot I even bought that. Like complete, and I was just like, "Hell yeah!" Threw it on, and I was like, "Dude, dude, dude." That's how they get you with the price, though, because Straylight Run was only eleven dollars, so I put it in my cart, and I was like, "Well, I can't just get one record," and then I put two more <laughs> in. Right. All right. This has been almost two hours. Josh yeah. is gonna have a lot of editing. This is a long album. Sorry. No, I'm not mad. <laughs> I ain't mad. Danny's like, Danny probably fun. hasn't eaten. He's probably like ready to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> actually, we're recording a Bourbon and Blood tonight too, and Anna oh, recorded. No, I'm sorry. An epi- no, it's alright. Anne recorded one of her episodes of the her podcast earlier, so it's like podcast Damn, day. You got, yeah, today's quite the day. day. Josh has probably done eight podcasts already today, and he's got two more lined up after this. No, I, Tab and I almost did one today, but we didn't get to it because of other stuff going on. So just do it tomorrow or something. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for being on, man. I was no excited problem. to finally you, have you on. I know you listen. Uh, I'll come on for whatever other albums you want me to discuss. Do you have any pointers for us since you've listened to every episode? We can always get better. I, I'm 
I've been having fun. I, if I have any pointers, I, I let Josh know. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, I don't hold back. I'm not shame. I All usually right. give Josh my updates. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've been really enjoying the podcast. I, I like, I've listened to podcasts in this style format for a while. So, um, I like it. Uh, that's my pointer. I've been having fun so far. Strapping a rocket to our, to our backs here. Yeah. Pushing us to the moon. I, I will said, say Mike I like usually like podcast. So Mike listens to a lot of podcasts and, um, I generally get his feedback like within a day or two of it being released. So he's listening to it pretty quick, which sometimes yeah, I, with my I other podcasts, my he's like, oh, I haven't gotten to it yet. And it's been out for like a week. So obviously he um, we're doing OK. So. Well, I, I listen to I definitely listen to more podcasts than I do music at this point in time. But I, t- I like have a certain system I do. <laughs> so there's like a weird rotation in my mind. Oh no, it's cool. I so was just saying I was flattered because you usually get to it pretty quickly. Well, like so. I said, I do like I do like this one, so I try to listen to it. It's there's some podcasts I do like to push into the feed when it comes out. So if you're hearing from me pretty recent, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah we're awesome. Or I'm just getting caught up on my podcast really fast that week. <laughs> <laughs> one or the other. Cool. So, I I don't I do I have been enjoying it. You guys have been doing great. Yes. We now that it. we fished for compliments. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit all those out to make, to make it not look like we're fishing. <laughs> no, I want no we're we need we need the good responses. All right. Let well us, thank you for listening to an episode of B Side ourselves. Let us know how much you love us. Shut nice up. Nice guys finish last. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys next week. All right, bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Former Critics. Check them out at formercritics.bandcamp.com. <laughs>